Hi, this is Saul. So today what we're going to read, it's going to hurt like hell, but we're going to be well. In parentheses, I'll give you my best shot by Isaac the Druid. Um, this is seen in up audiences. So that's, that's fun. Uh, there's graphic depiction of violence. Fun too. Um, and yeah, this is going to be Tide Lambert slash Mark Winters. Unrelated, but where did Lambert, like went from i don't i don't remember that but anyways and uh, additional tag earth slash comfort enemies to lovers just two old gays living in a cabin together in the winter that's fun former enemies my beloved same make sure to read the trigger warnings i will and completed work <laughs> so here's a summary tide flees from his civilian life after discovering that someone wants him dead he runs to the only place he can think of a cabin in the middle of nowhere his only problem is the cabin owned by Mark Wavelength Winters, the villain and his former enemy who he hasn't seen in in over a year. Nice. Um, this is the first time that I'm doing this, so I'm definitely going to be stumbling over my words, my words a little. Um, but I'm definitely like going to get better at this with time and stuff. I don't know how many chapters I'm going to do today, but I'll try to do as many as I can. Definitely not all of it, but still. So, this is going to be chapter one. Um, trigger warnings for this chapter, animal death, uh, parentheses, hunting, minor injuries, blood, knives, and mentions of scars. Fun stuff. So. Mark Winters was not as young as he used to be. It showed on his face, especially. Beneath the wrappings, his eyes were sunken, and dark purple circles had made themselves quite present. The wrinkles on his forehead grew more evident as the days went on. He wore the lines of furrowed brows and anger like a mask, often hidden between beneath a literal one. Mark wasn't the young man he once was. Hell, he raised a child. He didn't do a good job of it, but he did it. And that does something to a person, to have someone else completely depend on you for their own survival. He failed to do that, and he could never do that again. He didn't want that. He raised a boy, a good kid. A son who grew up enough to chose to be a hero. He was old enough to choose his own path and ultimately got possessed by the very thing that made him a hero. The thing that killed his wife, and now it took his son too. His beard, his beard was quite long. He hadn't bothered to shave it. The salt and pepper look revealed his age in a way that the rest of his face couldn't. He should shave it. Mark had escaped from the prison months ago, laying low and living out in his cabin. He could fish and hunt for food, but eventually winter would come and that option would be lost. He managed, though, going into the city as little as he could. Constantly, he prayed and kept an eye out to make sure that nobody had fallen in back. The cabin was freezing in the winter. There was barely any eating, and it wasn't the most well-put-together building either. The floorboards, the wood floorboards, would creak under his steps, bringing the only sound to such a silent home, if you could even call it a home, let alone a house. He had to fix the windows every so often, the wind was so strong it would push straight into the glass panes and poorly boiled frames. He eventually blocked out the windows. He couldn't keep patching them up. That meant another trip to the hardware store, and more specifically, another trip into town. The cabin wasn't made for a year-round living, but he made do. He slept in the living room. The couch was horrible on his back, but it was the only spot with heat provided by the fireplace he built when Ash was little after they spent, Christmas. they spent a Christmas there. Ash had begged them for them to celebrate the holidays there. Mark has said no, but Ash's mom managed to convince him. They only spent a couple of days in the cabin that year. 
Ash nearly froze as he huddled between Mark and his wife in their bed. Mark held the small boy to his chest, giving all of his body to the child. He would be fine. They went home the next day. Ash had a good Christmas, though. That's all that mattered. Mark got him some random superhero toy that he would then stop asking for. It was a shitty little action figure of Tide. It was ironic to see a toy of a person you've punched in the face be played by your child. Of course, Mark hit his laughter. Tide didn't even know Mark's name right then. They just fought and that was it. But as years passed, the most distant Mark became from his own son, he traded that dinky little action figure for the real thing. He truly became the villain in Tide's story, though they would never make an action figure out of him. He didn't, he didn't deserve one. He didn't deserve to be held in the hands of a child like Ash. Mark took in a breath, which he held as he pulled the trigger, the gunshot ricocheting backwards into his shoulder with the release. His gloved fingers flicked the safety on and he the slung the gun across his back. He pulled his shoulders back, rotating it and growing aware of the pain. He ignored it and collected his prize, dragging the deer back to the cabin. He looked around the forest. The only footprints were his own and the deer's, and now the blood-stained trail of the deer behind him. He'd cover it later. He tried to ignore how fucking cold he was. The scaled patches on his face aided winters the most. He bundled up, bundled up from head to toe, a thick wool hat over his head and an oversized coat covering most of his body. His boots, though clearly made for the winter, did a poor fucking job of keeping his feet warm. Or maybe it was the fact that he'd owned these boots for as long as it has it had been since that one Christmas and he'd just worn them down. It didn't matter. He had food now, so there were better things to think about. He only had, he had only hunted a few times before that come his normal sea and main source, source of food. He cringed at the shot. He did every time it was loud and would blow his cover if anyone was close enough to hear it. He was familiar with a gun, but shooting an animal felt so different from shooting a person. When he shot, he wasn't, it wasn't to kill, only something to cause damage. Yet, he took the lives of the deer that lived in the surrounding forest. He couldn't explain it, but at least he had food. He cleaned the blood off of himself after he prepared the meat. It was animalistic. Finally, a word to describe it, animalistic and utterly archaic. For years, he brought meat in its little styrofoams and pe- plastic packaging in the supermarket and just took it home, but pe- taking it straight from the animal felt odd. It was not the first time he had blood on his hands, though, and definitely not the last. Mark wasn't done with being an opportunist, as he described it. He wasn't retired, but he wasn't working either. He hadn't taken any new jobs in months, or maybe a year even, it's been a while. He was rusty, and his suit in the car was probably completely frozen over. He had no intention of getting back in the field. He washed the knife, letting the blood trickle off of it into the metal basin, mixing with the water, creating this dulled, irony liquid. It wasn't a person's blood for once, a concept he was still growing used to. His knuckles weren't bloody either, and his back didn't have the searing pain like it always did after taking off his suit. There were no needles present to his spine to utilize his powers. The only thing was the blood on his hand and the shotgun that rested on the counter. Mark tried to take Ash hunting with him once, dressed in his neon orange. Ash pouted and expressed how much he didn't want to be there the whole time. It wasn't often that you saw Ash wearing something other than a hoodie, but it's more about safety than fashion, Ash, Mark explained. Okay, give it here, Ash grumbled. You don't expect me to shoot anything, do you? It's a hunting, hunting trip, kid. Shooting shit is strongly encouraged. They had set up their camp and managed to track down some deer so far about a day into the trip. 
The only thing they, Mark, had managed to kill was some fish from the lake that they had for dinner the night before. Why am I here again? Ash asked, fiddling with the sleeves on this neon orange hoodie. It wasn't his normal sweatshirt, but at least it was a hoodie at all. He was trying to make the best of this. Wait, Ash. Mark interrupted, shushing him. His arm shot out. Right there, see it? He spoke in a hushed tone. His finger pointed at the deer in the nearby distance, standing by between the trees. That's exactly what we've been looking for here. Mark allowed the shotgun towards the kid who took it after a moment of hesitation. Are you sure about this? Yeah. Dad, I... Just breathe. Ash did as he was taught and lined up the shot. What if I miss? Just focus on your target and shoot. Do I have to do this? Ash, you don't have to do anything you don't want to. But if you want to be strong and take something cool home to your mother... Mark trailed off and made sure Ash was in the form he was was taught. Yeah, just like we practice now. Whenever you're ready. The deer stood there, eating at a patch of grass. After a moment, bullet shot into his side and it fell to the ground. Ash cried the rest of the night until he passed out in the car. Mark hadn't gone hunting since. He'd stick to people, to people instead. Mark? A voice, a voice called out. He jumped at the sound and knife slit and sli- sliced his palm. Fuck. He cursed in a hush tone and wrapped tea towel around the wound. There were footsteps, but not his own. The door was open he could hear the wind blowing. The blood was getting in. The cold was getting in. The cabin was colder as the footstep got closer, creaking uncomfortably across the wooden floorboards. The person when his edit was in heavy boots with clunked loudly, echoing through the house. Mark held the knife tightly, his other hand still bleeding. He kept his back pressed against the wall, out of sight of the hallway and the person who was just around the corner. As the person stepped into the kitchen, Mark tackled them, pushing them against the wall instead. He pressed the knife into their neck, not hard enough to draw blood, but just enough to do some damage if he needed to. Mark stood the person's face for a moment, his eyes tracking across the features that stared back at him with a slight smile, despite the shock. Tide? Hello, Wavelength, he said, simply, raising his hand hand in surrender. How the fuck did you find me? You brought the boys here two years ago, and it's been over a year since we've seen Wavelength in action, so I thought I would come come check to see if you were still alive. Well, I'm alive. I can see that. Can you remove the knife from my neck now? I don't have the powers like I used to, and I don't yell as good anymore. Mark stepped back, knife stepping to his side. Did he power you? Tide tried to say something, but Mark spoke over him. When? Why would you do that, Tide? What the fuck happened? The boys were in danger while on the war my watch, and I failed to keep them safe, so did he power you? I was told I wasn't fit to be their caretaker, and tied it to cure away your fucking powers because you fucked up taking care of a bunch of kids. Hell, one of them even being my own. That doesn't mean you c- couldn't still be a hero. It doesn't matter anymore. It's been over a year, and I have a job, or I don't. I've been living as a civilian for a while. It's been weird, but Tide stopped shiver even despite his thick jacket. He walked away, closed the front door that still hung open, which was letting in all the cold air. He sighed. And I don't know why, but now I think they're trying to get rid of me, so I ran to the only place I can think of. That'd be in my cabin. Yeah, I'm sorry. You know, if they found you, they're gonna kill me too, right, waterboy? Tide ch- chuckled sadly. When was the last time my Mark had he- heard him laugh? That name j- doesn't really fit anymore. Mark just shrugged, walking to the living room. He tended to the fire that had begun to go out. He lunged a few laughs. Logs into the fire with one hand, 
his wrapped hand held in a fist at his side. Tide followed him awkwardly. He took a seat on the couch and started to shed some layers of his winter clothes. It tracks snow everywhere, Mark grumbled as he looked at the floor. Please take off your fucking boots. Sorry, I'll go clean it up. <laughs> Tide hung up his coat on the empty hook behind Mark's and left his boot at the door. Where's your towels? He called from the kitchen, looking around, opening cabinet and drawers. I'm using it, Tide replied, shouting back. Why? Tide asked, poking his head out the bathroom door with a towel in his hand. You think a trained hero like yourself would have noticed by now, but guess not. Mark shrugged. Tide laid the towel down and wiped his snowy footprint with his socked feet as he shimmed across the door. I'm not a hero anymore, Wavelink. I'm out of practice. Right, sorry. Um, I think that's the first time I've already heard you apologize for anything, Tide smirked. Well, I can take it back if I want, he teased. Also, it's weird and you call, call me dad now. Just call me Mark and I mean, I'm out of practice too, so, you know. He moved his hands as he spoke and winced after squeezing his bleeding palm. <laughs> Fuck, that hurts. Tide rushed over, hero style as Mark would refer to it, and immediately began to help as he did. As he always did. You're bleeding. Mark grabbed... Tide grabbed Mark's hand, unwrapping the tea towel from it before Mark pulled his hand away. Wow, I didn't know. Thanks for that one, Captain Obvious. Mark said, sarcasm dripping from his voice and demeanor. Where's your first aid kit? Mark just looked at him for a moment. Tide stared back with pleading eyes. Mark, let me help you. Fine, it's in the cabin in the bathroom. Thank you. Tide rushed up to the washroom and back in record time. It's almost like helping people used to be his job. And what did he, what did he do now? He was probably a barrister or something. Definitely not something as helpful as a hero. What happened? Tide asked as he unwrapped the bloody towel. When you came running in here, it scared the shit out of me and I cut myself the knife I was watching. I was watching in the sink. <laughs> the same knife you then nearly cut my neck off with. Yeah. Mark winced. Christ, Tide, could you be a little gentler with your fucking alcohol pad? Sorry. I'm gonna need a drink after this. You want something? Tide didn't reply. Instead, he focused on patching up the injury he accidentally caused. Just keep your hands still, okay? I know what to do. You don't need to talk to me like I'm one of your boys. Tide froze and the air grew tense. Sorry. It's fine. Is it? Tide held Mark's wrist so gently, fingers loosely supporting Mark's hand. He tried to not stare at the scars that covered Mark's hand. He rolled his fingers. There were burn marks and Lichtenberg <laughs> figures that ran up his arms and centered at his palm. Tide's thumbs traced over the lines that he, as he worked. He wrapped the bandage, bandages around Mark's hand, just tight enough to not hurt him. He packaged up the rest of the supplies and placed it on the counter in the kitchen. He washed Mark's blood off his hands. As Tide walked back, Mark finally got a proper look at the men in front of him. He had changed a lot since they last seen each other. Like Mark, Tide's hair had begun to take on that salt and, gray, salt and pepper appearance and stubble decorated his chin. Tide had barely aged in the many years that Mark had known him, but, for, but now it finally showed on his face. It showed the years he lived and the hardships he had been through. It showed his age. In not even a bad way, it showed that he was more than just a clone. There were many similarities to Mark's own appearance that Tide now wore, but nothing as drastic. The dark circles under his eyes and wrinkles were setting it on Tide's candle-like face. 
and the scars he'd collected over the years they didn't look washed away and super humanly sewed back together. They were there and present, there were many of which Mark figured he had given the man before himself. Mark didn't even judge him for looking at his age finally. Well, the type being created and not born age was a nut thing. He was put into the body of a fifty uh, fifty wait, a twenty five year old man and he'd aged from there, but Mark could think about that whole shit show a whole different time. Tide returned to the couch for a side. What do you keep the shotgun on your kitchen counter? Easier to reach. Mark he sighed his bandage and finding his head. You're not the first person to find me here. I couldn't think of anywhere to go. When I saw the blood trail, I thought something happened in my tide pause. Who found you before I did? People who work for Overlord. Overlord Brady's long gone, I know, but I've got a bounty on my head, and I guess you've got one of on yours too or something. So if I'm going down and you're staying here, you're going down with me. You're going to let me stay? Tide, you just said you didn't have anywhere else to go. Well, thank you, Wavelength, he paused as, as the sourness of that title settled on his tongue. So, uh, sorry. Thank you, Mark. It's no problem, just don't be all up in my shit, okay? Mark said, getting up from the couch and walking into the kitchen. Sounds fine by me. You want a coffee or something? Sure, do you have any... You still take milk and one thing of sugar? You remembered? Yeah. Mark said simply and walked into the kitchen. It's hard to forget something like that. They stayed silent for a while, barely speaking as Mark made coffee before be beginning on dinner. He yammed to himself as he cooked. Tide just watched him and sipped at his coffee. Tide took a moment to take in his surroundings. It was the little things that stuck out to him. The bookshelf in the corner beside the fireplace had children's book on the lower shelves and by the window, which was patched up with plywood. Was a table covered in an array of tools and small welded pieces. He wasn't sure what they were for, but he knew Mark was always tinkering. Tide looked over back at Mark again. The food he was cooking smelled good, but he was starting to overwhelm him. He'd walked to this cabin over the span of a few days, taking pit stop at motels and eating nothing but shitty primitive meals that he'd eaten in the microwave. Now that he thought about it, when was the last time he had a proper home cooked meal? He shrugged up that thought that fought and looked out the window beside Mark. The sun was starting to set. It was only beginning to. Hey, uh, Mark, winter's still not Dinner's still not going to be a while, if that's what you're asking. No, not that. I'm, I'm going to cover over the blood trail you left outside. Take the gun with you. I'll be fine, Tide said bluntly, putting on this jacket and borrowing, in, borrowing a hat and a pair of mitts from Mark. Mark mashed over, shotgun in hand. Tide, don't be an idiot. Take the damn gun if you're going going out there. Tide sighed and slugged the gun over his shoulder. Is it loaded? Yeah, you know how to use one of these, right? Yeah, thank you. Oh, yeah. Yep, Tide mimicked. Thank you. Thank you. Tide smiled for your laugh and smelled the air. I think your food might be burning. Mark rushed back to the kitchen where could be seen from the front door. Tide smirked, smirked as Mark cursed at the meat that had slightly burned in the cast iron pan. I'll be back in a minute. Dinner should be ready in ten minutes. I'll be back by then. Tide was not back by then. The blood trail went on longer than he thought it did, and it was starting to get dark, but he just trudged on. He covered over the blood, chunk by chunk, as he slowly made his way back to the cabin. 
he couldn't see the cabin anymore. It was out that far. He could see the smoke in the distance, though. It was in his only guide back home, and the blood trail, too, it also marked his way. In a silent forest in the middle of the winter, obviously, you can hear a heavy crack and crunch made in the area. His own feet made loud, loud crunch sounds in the snow, but he found himself looking behind him more than he ever did. He could feel eyes watching him, something hiding in the shadows, but nothing ever showed. He thought he heard someone call his name, but it was probably just the wind. When he made it back to the cabin, Mark was sat at a table with two plates of food in front of him. That was longer than ten minutes. Now, come on, your food's getting cold. Tide removed his outer layers, hanging his coat beside Mark's again and setting his hat and gloves knees near the fire. I didn't think it would take that long, sorry. It's fine, he said, took a bit of his food, returning his attention to the half-eaten plate. Were you scared? Tide asked. He could have been teasing or genuine. He wasn't sure. No, I wasn't scared, Tide. Mark playfully bit back. Just, I was really hoping I wouldn't have to find your body dead in the snow tomorrow morning. Well, thank you for caring, but I was fine, like I said. Tide took a back of his food. This is very good, Mark. Mark just gave him a nod and made in silence, his fork clinking against the plate. How long was I out there? 20 or 30 minutes, give or take. Oh, longer than 10 minutes. Yep. Yep. Mark said, getting up from the table, he set his plate down in the sink and turned on the faucet. I can wash the dishes, besides, you shouldn't get your bandages wet. Mark flicked up the tap and sat down on the couch. The couch. Couch? <laughs> Fuck. Okay. Thank you. Of course. Tide finished up his, din his dinner and washed the dishes before joining Mark on the couch, who had just sat there, staring in silence. Are you alright? Just peachy. He smiled that fake smile he always gave. It's just, it's fucking weird having another person in my space, my space after so long. Tide moved away from Mark, giving him distance but keeping his attention fully on the man. Mark looked down at his hands. The bandages around his palm were set in place and Tide only realized now that they were the bandages Mark would use to wrap his face. And I didn't mean it like that, idiot. I really know what you mean. What mean... Uh, I really know what mean you? But anyways, I really know what you mean. But no, seriously, Mark, are you okay? No, I haven't been okay for a long time and I don't see that changing. You? I haven't either, Tide sighed. I mean, we've got nothing left to lose now, so... So what? I don't know. Mark chuckled. You can take... Mark chuckled. You can take the couch tonight. But where will you sleep? The floor? Mark is gonna kill your back. Mark threw a pillow on the floor and covered himself over with a blanket. Good night, Tide. Tide sighed, keeping his attention on Mark, who was facing the fire and got comfortable on the couch. Night, Mark. Okay. Yeah, I think I'm gonna do just one chapter for today, because this is actually way more exhausting than I thought. But it's really nice, too. Um... I, I'm definitely gonna work on Tide's voice more. I feel like it feels too young. Um, I, I feel like it's definitely meant to be like more warm, and I, I'm gonna work on that. But next chapter, that should be fixed at least a bit. Um, thank you. Bye bye. Love you. <laughs>